Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Hey guys, it's Wednesday and you already know what it is, a new episode of Chasing the Frame and today I have Lydia Vasquez, right? I'm terrible at last names. I'm Vasquez. S- Vasquez. <laughs> I said I was like practicing all day it's and I, okay. I apologize. Everyone gets it wrong. And well, at least I'm not everyone, but <laughs> this is a very exciting episode because it's the first time we have someone in TV yeah. to be talking to on Chasing the Frame. So how are you today, Lydia? I'm actually kind of nervous that there's a camera here. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, wait, we're going to be on. We're going to see what we look like. No, I'm excited. Good. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. fun. So before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone listening. And remember, if you're a Patreon member, we have three different tiers to let you listen to the podcast from three days, which is on the lowest tier, to five days, to a week early. So you can even listen to the next week's episode today. Can you believe that? You can listen to the next week's episode today. So if that's only if you're in that top tier. So... Let's get to it. Who's ready to chase frames today? So Lydia, I typically ask the first question is what got you into TV and stuff like that. But the first question today is, are you from Vegas originally? Because I always forget that. Yeah, I was actually born and raised in Las Vegas. So I just turned 25 and I've lived here my entire life. Oh, shit. Quarter life crisis. So (laughs) I've uh, seen it snow every time. Okay, (laughs) so everyone who hasn't can go back to wherever you came from because I'm tired of being stuck on the freeway. How many times has it snowed in your lifetime here? Probably, honestly, like two or three times. Really? Yeah. Only two. I like, I remember one in, in 2008. I remember one before that. And then just last year when it snowed and that was it. It snowed one time in Boulder City when I first started working at the news. Where's that again? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I don't know where that is. <laughs> just it's like 30, Henderson, Boulder like, City. We're like, what? That's not Las it's, Vegas. It's all the way down there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so here's my first question. Here's my second question to you then. What got you into TV, you know, doing the news and stuff like that? What was the first thing that sparked your interest? That's kind of a complex question just because I feel like I was, I came out of the wound, like wanting to be in TV and loving TV ever since I was a kid. Like my parents always watched the news. It was always on. Mm -hmm. My mom was like a hardcore liberal. My dad was like a hardcore conservative. So like (laughs) all the news are on the TV, but I went to a magnet school in middle school from sixth to seventh grade. And it was, um, I I studied TV production Mm -hmm. 
So that's where we learned to anchor, you know, all the fields of TV and production and all that. And it was just something that I always loved. I did in high school, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year. I did the student news. I wrote for the student newspaper. I did sports. I did everything there could possibly, you could possibly do within, you know, the field. But I think the one day I was like, oh, I for sure want to do this forever. Um, I was watching a Oprah Winfrey show. You know that show that she did after she finished that, like, the 4 p.m. show of Oprah Winfrey? Was that the one-on-one interview things? Yeah, she did one. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that. She did one with Diane Sawyer. Oh, I think I remember that. That was, like, one of the first big ones she did, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember just watching that and just in awe of Diane Sawyer. And I was like, that that's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. So then I was just like, you know, I've been doing this since I was in sixth grade, but I didn't realize I loved it as much as I did. So that was really when I was like, oh, this is, this is real. That's awesome. So let's go back to sixth grade a little bit then first. So in sixth grade, you start doing this as like, I guess, funsies, right? You'd say. So what was it like in sixth grade? Like, how did you, what, what, what was it? What was it like doing the news in sixth grade? I don't know. I just felt like the coolest person ever because I was always, I always got in trouble growing up for being nosy. Mm -hmm. That was always the thing. Like I would get whooped for asking so many questions like, (laughs) who's that? Who's coming over? Where is this? What's that? If I see police cars ever since I was a little kid, I'm like, can we please follow? Can we please follow what's going on? Like ambulance and everything. I'm like, let's go see what's happening. And just, I was always so nosy. And so like studying it in middle school, I actually got to go out in the school and ask people questions Mm -hmm. and, you know, cover things that were happening in school, even though it was just middle school stuff. But I felt like I was feeding my curiosity when I was in sixth grade. And I was like, yes, like finally I'm not getting in trouble for being nosy, (laughs) you know? And now as an adult, it's just, I realized that I'm just a very curious person. Yeah. And so even at an early age, I didn't really know that I loved it so much, but obviously I did. Like it was the one thing that I always did. It was like, it doesn't make any sense when I look back and that's the only thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's weird to think that something about, I don't know, ever since I was a kid, I just loved it. I loved the field of TV, mm-hmm. of news, of production, of cameras, and all that stuff. And not even the fact that, like, you're an on-air personality, because I actually hate when people stare at me. Really? I hate it. Well, aren't you going to be on-air personality sooner than later? Yeah, and I'm, like, out of breath. <laughs> I'm, like, so nervous. <laughs> now I'm, like, yeah, I, that's not even why I love it. I just love storytelling. Yeah. I love talking to people. I love figuring things out. And there's just so much more to TV than mm-hmm. people you know, think of when they hear it. And so when I try to tell them like, this is what we did in sixth grade, this is what I did in ninth grade, 10th, 11th, 12th. Like there's just so many stories to tell. Yeah. And you know, there's just so many ways you can go about it. So that, yeah, that's really. What was your favorite story that you did in sixth grade then? Oh my gosh. I don't remember. It was, Come on. You have to remember, bring it back to the recesses of your brain. Come on. You I know. Knew, I, <laughs> let me see. I, remember I was kind of bad in middle school, but I remember um, my minor was photography, and so I would in go in middle out. school. Mm-hmm. What the? Oh, because it was a magnet school. Yeah, I, I didn't have magnet schools where I came from. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not special. It wasn't a good school. It was like on the east side, and it was so bad. Real quick, magnet schools have majors and minors. So then, do you have like a magnet high school? And then there's magnet high schools. So there's, then, how's that work? What? I didn't actually go to a magnet high school, so I don't know if they have minors there too. Oh, but I know that. I don't even know why I was in sixth grade and I took TV production and a minor in photography to help me be a better mm-hmm. like journalist. And I don't even know why I did that. <laughs> no one in my family would have like even ever went to like high school or college or anything. Yeah. So I'm like, 
I don't even know what, what I was thinking back then, but oh, it hey, worked out. It did. Look where you are, look where you are now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what was I going to say? Did you ask for a police scanner, by the way, like when you were younger for Christmas at all? It's so funny because I think I was born into a nosy family because yeah. my oldest brother like knows all the police codes. Oh, like really? if he's listening to the scanner and he hears like a 345 or whatever, he's yeah. like, oh, I know what that is. Like, oh, shit. We're just a nosy family. Like, is your brother a cop now? No, he's oh. far from a cop. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> just oh, kidding. No. He's not a cop. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I love listening. Like I always try to download the apps and stuff. And yeah. it just it doesn't get me anywhere. But yeah, I tried downloading the app once or twice, and I'm like, this isn't really helpful because it like doesn't yeah. work or like it'll stop working. And I'm like, oh, this was pointless to yeah. download. Yeah. So so then okay, so let's jump to high school then. So what was uh what was the difference between high school news and middle school news? It get a little harder, hard news, yeah. you know. It was just different because, like, middle school was kind of fun. Yeah. It was just for fun. They taught us, you know, to dress a little bit more professional and how to – just fun stuff, yeah. really. Just like, oh, you can look like this and do this and do that. Whereas high school, they actually really cared about the content you produce. At least my my teacher did. Yeah. She was the most amazing teacher I ever had. She actually taught me so much about everything. I'm still really good friends with her. But she actually – had super high standards for our stories. So we would try to get stories around school that people like, cared about mm-hmm. or even just fun stories about the, the football game, the basketball game and things like that. So it wasn't nearly as, I don't know. As fun? It wasn't nearly <laughs> as fun, but it wasn't also nearly as important as like college, you know? Okay. They actually, the, the, the stuff we write in college, you know, being in Las Vegas and being in a bigger market yeah. are like stuff that the news stations are also writing about too, you know? And so it's just, it can be just as respectable, respected as a news organization. So you're held to even higher standard than high school. Cause it's just high school. Yeah. A lot of people are taking that class just for fun. You yeah. know, not everyone loves it. So do you have a lot of slackers in that class? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, it's funny though, because even though I love this field, I'm, I was never really good at school. Like I was smart or whatever, but I just didn't like school. And that professor that, I had who was my TV production or teacher in high school. She actually had to sign forms each semester for me to graduate high school because I was absent so much. Oh my gosh. So technically I was a slacker, but I did great work and she (laughs) loves me and here I am. (laughs) So, um, I guess um, obviously in in middle school and high school, they're teaching you how to cut packages and stuff like that too. And Mm -hmm. VOSOTs and VOs, all that stuff. Uh, VOSOTs, by the way, people, if you don't know, are voiceover, sound on tape, that's a VOSOT. So it's basically mm-hmm. a B-roll with interview. So they're teaching you that in high school, and that's pretty cool because like, I feel like they didn't teach me jack shit in college it's, in general. That's so weird because in college, I think I had one course where they taught yeah. me how to cut packages. Mm-hmm. Whereas in high school, we're cutting packages every week. That's we crazy. go out with our little, little tiny camera that we had. We shot video. We put it in B-roll. We added music to make it fun. We added in little graphics. Yeah. And then we put together a package like every week or every other week. We're in college. Literally one course out of the freaking five years that I was there, they taught you how to put a package together. So I don't, I don't know if they expect it mm-hmm. or they just, they're not really, they're not, they're not, they're not like, the greatest. I don't think. Well then what was like, let's talk about college. Then. Let's go to college. And then, so what were the classes that you were learning then in journalism school? Cause I never went to, I personally, I never went to journalism, journalism school. I was in art school. So I don't know anything oh, cool. about journalism school, yeah. J school as they call it. J all, school. Cool, all the cool kids apparently call it. Well, I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but I went You're to just your experience. my experience. I went to a community college first. I yeah. went to CSN College of Southern Nevada for two years. 
And there they kind of just taught you the basics. So I mm. was also taking math and science classes while I'm taking a writing class, you know, print class, or um, I took a video editing. So mm. they taught you how to edit video. And our final project was to put together a, like a three minute package. Yeah. So I guess I had to, but it wasn't, it wasn't hard. It wasn't, I definitely wasn't ready to go out into the journalism world after the two years at a community college. Mm. There was nothing that I really remember being challenging. I had one print class that, taught me how to write really well. And then I put together one package for the entire semester and the professor was really you know, knowledgeable. So yeah. that's all I remember from the first two years. Like that's it. Oh wow. And then when I went to UNLV, it was, it was all journalism classes, but I, I don't, I didn't take anything besides one class, which was a sports class, a rebel report it's called. Mm. I didn't really take any other class that taught me anything about broadcast. Really? Like their department, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is not the greatest with what we have here in Vegas. Like there's yeah. so many. The good thing I will say about the journalism department there is that every professor is someone we can learn from. Like one of my professors, he works for Men's Health. The oh. other one wrote for like the New York Times and Washington Post. And the other one worked at Channel 5. Like a lot of people we can learn from. Mm -hmm. but there were very few classes that people with my focus, which was broadcast had to learn. Like there was very few options for us to learn from. That's interesting. Cause even being a university and a, a basically a big school in general, like too, like one of the state universities in that regard, you think they would kind of have that focus in journalism. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems to me that the main focus at UNLV was like marketing or PR. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean that is that is the big part of Vegas in general too. Yeah, but honestly, they have Studio G, which is a whole full-on show. They do shows, mm -hmm. I think, like every week, a couple of shows every week. I'm not really sure, but it was nothing that really caught my eye because I heard that, you know, there's very few people helping and it's not very organized. So I went the other route and I did sports. Okay. I did it for two semesters. And that was the only class where I went out by myself with my own camera, shot my own stuff, put my own B-roll together, got my own interviews, and edited everything every single week. Yeah. And so with two semesters out of the whole five years in college, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go out into the real world and do <laughs> something, you know? Yeah. But I can I only can only imagine that if I had more experience like that, how much better of a journalist I would be. Yeah. So I do have some insecurities about that, but... <laughs> I feel like growing up in Vegas and working at a news station for two years helped me a lot because I can see a lot of the things that go on mm. every single day. You know, like I show up to events that other news stations in town are at and I'm doing the exact same work they're doing, you know, yeah. saying the exact same things they're doing, interviewing the exact same people and putting together the same thing. So, so you're not doing anything wrong technically. Yeah, unless we're all doing it wrong. Well, yeah, then, yes, <laughs> then, then, well, then we're all wrong. screwed. Yeah, they're all screwed, right. So what was uh, doing the Rebel Report like then? Oh man, it was tough. It was so tough because I was working at Channel 13 from 4 a.m. to 12:30. Mm -hmm. How were you actually before that? Then when did you get that intern? I guess you had an internship first yeah, for so Channel 13, right? I actually got the internship from CSN. Oh, okay. That's what I was, I was curious because I was I, forgot, I was gonna, I was going to ask you that, but I didn't know when to ask you that, so I was trying to figure. Yeah. Out like, <laughs> so yeah, I actually got my internship at the community college and okay. they were way more helpful. Oh. They actually gave me a list of places to apply for, gave me the contact information, asked me what my focus was. Whereas UNLV, I asked for like four months and got zero response. I'm not knocking the school at all. Yeah. 
just a little bit. But I'm just saying, CSN, they got me set up with an internship for Channel 13, The Morning Blend, which is like a salesy entertainment type show. So I worked there for a spring semester. And then over the summer, they called and asked if I wanted to work in production. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, this is my dream. <laughs> I grew up in Las Vegas and you actually want me to be a, like a part-time employee there. Like, I'm not just an intern. Like, you're going to pay me. And I was so excited, but then I realized, like, I'm always very honest. So yeah. I'm just like, listen, I can't do the job. I'm not going to set you all, you all up for failure. Like, I yeah. can't do it. So I remember calling my old boss, Ryan Smith, and saying, or I was about to call him, just be like, you know, I can't do it. I've never worked a camera before. Mm. I've never done any of this, never done production, never pressed any buttons. I don't know how <laughs> audio works. So then, you know, I was like, I'm just not going to do it. But then I was like, no, don't do it. Don't call him. So I ended up not calling him. He offered me the job and it ended up working out really well. I learned so much yeah. about live TV <laughs> and production and how important the role is because I always hated production. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't want to do uh, it. I'm shaking my head at you. Why? Production's so important. Yeah, but. And it's so fun. I wish I was in production I sometimes. I realize that now. Yeah. But before, I'm like, I just want to be on so I can talk to people and just, I want to use my hands and tell people things. I don't want to sit in the back and like, I don't get to see people. <laughs> like, I worked in the service industry my whole life. So yeah. I'm like, I got to talk to people. I got to go out. So for me, it wasn't fun. It didn't seem fun at all. Yeah. But man, when I worked there for two years, it was the funnest experience ever. Like mm -hmm. knowing how much control you have over live TV. <laughs> Like one time I put the whole show in black. No, probably four times. I put the whole show in black. Like imagine watching TV and then just everyone disappears. It's just black. How'd you pull that off? Oh man, there's so many different ways. You know, accidentally taking out a full screen or pushing the black button when you're running the TD board. So So did you do everything in production? Basically TD, uh, did you direct? Did you? Did I never you... directed anything live, mm -hmm. but I like TD directed some pre-tapes and things like that. Oh, cool. I never, I was, I was always curious about doing the production end. Like I never did that my whole life. I mean, I've, I've done like live stream stuff and other things of that nature, like at my old, old job. Yeah. So I was like, I always wonder, and I always have a gripes with production in the back. Yeah. You guys don't talk, but yeah. that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. And we like say the same thing about the other. So it's, that's the good part for yeah. me. I always tell people, I recommend just starting from the ground up, yeah. not saying that production is the bottom, but because I worked in production, mm -hmm. I know what is expected of the other side. Yeah. So like when photographers and reporters are out live and like, you know, it's two minutes before they're hit, I'm over here in audio like, what the heck? I need yeah. a mic check. Like I need, I need a sound because if I don't get sound from you, I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah. So now I know when I'm a reporter, it's like, okay, let's set up early. Yep. Let's get everyone else set up early so we don't have to like accidentally not have our mic on. And just so many things. Oh my god, that's a whole nother story. That is a whole nother story because I always, I always like set up the mic, and then I'm like waiting for a mic check, or like we try to do a mic check, and like no one's listening to us, so it's like, mm -hmm. well, we just wait for you guys. Or yeah. <laughs> it's like a battle between yeah. like who's gonna win today. Yeah, and it's crazy because production doesn't get how the other side works, and the other side doesn't get how production works, and yeah. it's just like. But they get along pretty well, but it's always a constant, like... Constant struggle. Constant struggle. So I'm yeah. just so, so glad that I got to sit there for two years yeah. and just observe everything and just try to be the best journalist that I can. Did you work uh, the production and then did you work the floor also or did you... So production is all of the above. Like yeah. the roles of production, you have to be a floor director. Mm -hmm. And oh, first you start off as a prompter operator, okay. which is really easy. You just turn the knob. Well, it's not that easy. 
because did you mess that up too? Yeah, of course. <laughs> listen, there's someone that's there for 30 years, and he would always fall asleep. Like he would fall asleep, or he would not pay attention. He would doze off, and they're just staring at the monitor like live, and they're like, everyone's like, "Prompter, come on!" <laughs> it's easy to mess up because if the anchors start ad libbing, yeah, and you're like, "Wait, did I miss something?" And then you're like, "Where am I? Where am I?" Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, oh shit, yeah. ugh, prompter is the worst because it's so easy, but it's so easy to mess up. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> but you start off as a prompter operator. Then you become a floor director and then you learn audio, mm-hmm. which audio is complex, but it's really fun. And then you learn viz graphics with mm-hmm. the hat at 13. So the graphics you learn, you know, you just put in like supers and full screens mm-hmm. and, and you're checking all the producers work to make sure everything's spelled right and all that. And then you technical direct, which okay. is the funnest thing ever. What, what, what is a technical director? You basically control the whole show. Oh shit. Yeah. And you control the whole show because You have this big, ginormous board Mm -hmm. full of a whole bunch of colors and (laughs) buttons and knobs and and everything. And you just, your job is to listen to the director Mm because the director is telling every single position what to do all at once. Yeah. But you're following the rundown and then you're also listening to the director on what to do next. So you're, you know, putting things in a preview, what needs to come up, taking it, playing it, rolling it. And just basically watching out for mistakes. You're, you're literally just pushing the buttons what everyone's asking for. So you're a button pusher. That's what people say when they get mad. I'm just a button pusher. I don't care about this. But really, everyone who's done TD, they are so passionate about it because it's just so cool. It is a pretty cool uh, gig. I'm not going to lie. I've seen, yeah. I've seen it like not in the news setting, but like just in a live production setting. And it's like, so I'm like. <sighs> yeah, people don't yeah. realize like. You can do so much with that board. We also had three cameras. So we had the yeah. Mandalay Bay camera, the Stratosphere camera, and then we had the one on the roof. So while you're doing show and pressing a, bu- mm-hmm. a bunch of buttons, you're also like moving shots for the sunrise or they're talking about a story at MGM. So you have to go find a shot for the MGM and you have to change the colors and the filters and the focus and oh, getting wow. the right shot. You're, you're controlling all the cameras or also controlling the show and it's... <laughs> It's crazy. Like, I would come into work just like, okay, focus. I would get there so early because I would be so scared to mess up, and it's just so much responsibility. When did you know, like, you were going to do a certain task a day? Like, were you just switched every day? Like, you're, I'm doing audio today, then tomorrow I'm doing TD, tomorrow I'm doing this, or were you just on your assignment every time? Yeah, like, it was on the schedule. Okay. We had the schedule up for two weeks, and so each day, each shift, you were doing something different or you were training. We were, I was almost training, like, every day on, a news, mm-hmm. on something new. So. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I was always curious how that worked because I'm yeah. like, wait, what? okay, so when so was doing that today? I'm like, oh, how's that yeah. work? The thing is with the morning shift is our boss, our director, he wanted everyone to do everything. Yeah. So even the the, the supervisor oh. and the director, they will be on the floor sometimes too. Oh, okay. And even the newer person just learned how to technical direct or even direct can direct. Oh, so good. it was kind of cool that we all have the same responsibility. Oh, that's really awesome. That's really, that's actually a really good thing because then you know everything. It's good and it's bad. I would say 70% of people hated it because some people were better at other things mm-hmm. and you, they think that you shouldn't be giving everyone the exact same time on certain things that they're not as good at, yeah. you know, like put the best person on their best. Well, yeah, but it's also good to learn all those things as well. From too. our perspective, yeah. it's great. From everyone yeah. else's, they're like, no, this person's <laughs> on audio again. Oh, God, yeah. not them. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how it was. <laughs> So you were, like you said a little earlier before I kind of tangent you over to this whole thing, you said you were doing Rebel Report as well as uh, doing the news in the morning, right? Yeah. So the reason why that class for me was so hard was because it was so demanding. 
And the professor that taught it was, is crazy. He's (laughs) one of my good friends, but he was really crazy. So I would get up in the morning at 4 a.m. to go to work. Or no, I would be at work at 4 a.m. Yeah. So I'd work from 4 to 12.30 p.m. And then I'd have to go to rush to school and I would go to class from 1 to 2 or something, 30 or whatever. And I would have class and all of that. But every day I was like always trying to do a story. We only had one story a week. Mm-hmm. But when you have a full-time job and you're taking five, six classes. Oh boy, oh boy. There's, you don't have time to go shoot the football game <laughs> and then set up interviews for this and this and that and edit. Like I would spend probably 20 hours a week on one package. Holy Just shit. because even in the beginning when... I actually got a couple classes waived so that I could graduate sooner. Mm-hmm. So I had to catch up with everyone, like the new Avid editing system that I had no idea how to use. Oh, you guys use Avid in college? Yeah. Well, oh, we, wow. we did use Avid. I don't know what you they use. You use Edius? I think they use Edius now. Oh, God. I hate I hate Edius. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know either. Oh. I don't know Edius and I barely know Avid. Oh, I'd rather do Avid. And I Final Cut? Avid. Premiere? I love Premiere. I love Final Cut. I mean, I, I just got actually the Adobe... Um, CC suite, the whole thing for like 30 bucks a month yeah. because it was on Black Friday. Nice. But I was planning on like switching to Avid after June because that's when my Adobe subscription was Wait, up. Wait, you want to go to Avid? Yeah, because I wanted to try Media Encoder, uh, not Media Encoder, yeah. Media Composer. See, Avid's not that bad. Yeah. Once you get used to it, it's actually really easy to use. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I got used to it, I should say. But yeah, I would sit like on Saturdays or Sundays, just 10 hours, just editing. Because yeah. it was like all new to me and I had to get classes waived so I could not do it. I just had to pretend like I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was so demanding. Oh my gosh. And when you didn't want to sign up for a story, <laughs> he'd like give you crap for it. So he'd be like, okay, we have a tennis game today. You need to stay there for six hours. Or we have this oh, game. You have to stay there for six hours for a hmm. tennis game? Oh, or yeah. golf or whatever it is, you know? Wow, you have to do a stay for the whole thing. You have to stay for the whole thing. You know, we just stay at like for, for like 45 minutes. Yeah, and I hate you guys <laughs> for that because I would go to... Like um, the Las Vegas Aviators, their home yeah. opener. Channel 13 was there. You guys literally went there for a bit and then left. My professor's like, you stay the entire game and then you try to get interviews after the game. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know how freaking windy it is? I don't know if you remember, but there were chairs and tables like flying. Everybody left. I don't remember actually. My, my brain bad. just forgets a lot of things yeah. every day because I, I, we do so much every day that yeah. I just forget probably... My month. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's just, that's the bad part about being in college though. Yeah. It's like you constantly have to prove yourself, mm-hmm. even though you know there's no point in staying there at all. You know, yeah. so in college when I was taking this class, this rebel report class, it was so demanding and I know I don't need to be here all day. I don't mm-hmm. need to cover this whole entire thing, but you had to and you had to stay there and it was just so much work. I mean, I'm not one to complain about work, but man, it was so, so, so tough. It's just so much, so time consuming. Mm-hmm. So I took that for two semesters. In the beginning of this year, we actually created a... That's 2019, right? Yeah, okay. at the January of 2019. they Well, we created a, a club. Oh. So we had a Rebel Report class, and then we ended up creating a Rebel Report organization so mm-hmm. that anyone can join. And then I, me and my friend, we became the news director, and then I became the assistant news director, and then the content creator. Mm-hmm. So we just would come up with stories to do, and that was so much work. So Two. was that like an online thing in UNLV then, that, that club? No, it wasn't online. It was, we would meet every Friday, yeah. get together, talk about stories we need to, needed to be covered or okay. wanted to be covered. And then we would assign it to other students in the club. Okay. And then they would go out and cover it. And then we would post it. Oh, you're asking if it would be posted online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. the content was posted on our website. Gotcha. 
Um, but we also had a TV show every Friday mm-hmm. that aired. So it would go on Channel 2, it would air on our on the local show, whatever whatever it was on, Channel yeah. 2. And then we'll go on our website and then we stream it on Facebook too. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so having that huge responsibility of not only turning in your own stuff every week, but making sure everybody else had stories and everybody else was turning in their stuff, that got crazy. So, yeah, that didn't last too long for me. <laughs> I did it for most of the year, and I made sure everyone got on track. Mm-hmm. And I, when I felt like the group was, you know, put, well put together and they could last on their own, then I was like, okay, I'm about to graduate, and I already have a job lined up. Like, yeah. I don't need to be doing this anymore. <laughs> so, peace. <laughs> but it was fun. That's good. I mean, also, like you said, a lot of pressure probably on you, too, in general. Like, you have a lot of other shit going on in your yeah. life. You're like, I'm graduating. Like, Yeah, but no one cares. You still have to turn in your stuff on time. You have to turn in your packages on time. Make sure you're, make sure you're coming up with new ideas. Make sure you're showing up to meetings, even though you have work. Mm-hmm. So taking time off from work to show up to the meetings and stuff like that. It was just a constant battle. And then you also changed from mornings to nights, right? Yeah. So was that harder on you then with a lot of stuff or how that, how that worked out? It was actually easier, which is weird. I don't know how, but just getting up at three o'clock in the morning, every morning and not getting home till 11 for Mm -hmm. like a year really just killed me. It killed me. I was like, I hate life. I hate this place. I hate school. It was so bad. Mm -hmm. So now I was like, I just need to change something. So I ended up changing my work schedule so that I started working the night shift, which means I can no longer take rebel report because it was in the afternoon and I would be at work. Mm. So then that's when everything kind of like settled down. I was taking easier classes for my last semester, but I also was kind of already at the point where I didn't need to, you know, bust my ass 24 seven to try to be better. I was like, okay, I'm at a comfortable spot to where I don't have to kill myself anymore. What was, what was the differences of working morning and night side? (laughs) Oh, it was just polar opposite. Really? Polar opposite. The morning shift, which is weird because I kind of feel like in every other job, it's mm-hmm. the same too. Yeah. Like the morning shift is like the business side. You know, it's like, all right, super strict. Whereas the night side, just always more fun and <laughs> loose. At least that's how it was in the serving industry. It's like, yeah. no one wanted to work the mornings because that's when all the business people came in. That's when all the managers yeah. were there. Nighttime was like, oh, it's all fun for night. But in the morning, we would, our responsibilities were just different at the station working production. Mm-hmm. Like, we would have to change the lights in the station. We would have to fix things that were broken, you know, put together set pieces. That's um, the morning, right? You're in saying? the morning yeah. shift, yeah, in production. So we would always have to be learning something. So yeah. we would, like, just be always training on something, always yeah. trying to be productive, just always working on something yeah. new. And just it was more about being busy than being productive, you know, because there yeah. really, really wasn't that much to do. It's like, okay, let me go look around the station for a light to change. Well, also, you let have a lot more shows, right, in the morning than, yeah. than night side, right? Yeah, so right when we came in in the morning, there was a two-and-a-half-hour show. Mm-hmm. Non-stop. Yeah. Non-stop. Like, you're sitting there for two-and-a-half hours, and it's going by boom, 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 yeah. super quick, crazy, a lot of breaking news, all live shots, nothing is pre-taped. Yeah. Super quick, super crazy, but then half your day's already gone. Then we had another show that was entertainment, which is a show that I um, interned on, mm-hmm. interned in, interned for <laughs> before. <laughs> and so that was fun, but it yeah. was a lot of work too. We had always so many guests and so many props and we had to clean and put things together and just, it was a live show as well. So yeah. a lot of responsibilities with that. And then we had another hour show. 11. 11 a.m., the midday show. Whereas when I went to Nightside, there was a three to four Three to four o'clock show, yeah. which is cake. 
super easy. You show up to work, do it. Easy show. Wow. That's it. Then five o'clock to five thirty is yep. half hour show. And mm-hmm. Then six to seven was like the busiest show. But then again, it's only one hour. Yeah. And it was nothing like the morning. Just the show itself was easier. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas in the morning, it's like I got to run over there and move this table. I got to yeah, run yeah. over there and move this TV monitor next to this anchor. Whereas in the time, you just like stand there and you just like push buttons. Oh wow. You know, yeah. And then we had eleven p.m. show at night for thirty minutes. So. And then we had, after the 6 to 7, from 7 to 11, there were no shows. Yeah. So we didn't technically have a break, but we technically didn't do anything. Yeah. That whole entire time. Yeah, what would you do? I mean, unless something breaking happens, I guess. I mean, find stuff to do, like create training modules and clean and all that other stuff that nobody else wants to do in the station. Production does. So fix stuff and all that. But um, we didn't. We didn't really do. Mm-hmm. So it was so easy, and then that's when I realized, okay, because it's so easy, I'm not getting challenged. Like, I need to do something else. So yeah. that's when I was like, all right, I don't really need this job because I'll be leaving in a couple of months, so I ended up leaving. Okay, and what were you doing when you left? I had an internship for social media and content okay. creating for an automation company. And this is another journalism, like, crisis in itself. I went to work for this company – and at first, I loved it. I was getting challenged creatively, and it mm-hmm. was just so fun and so different. But then they wanted me to create content faster than I was able to. Oh, yeah, so it's a problem. Not, it wasn't necessarily a problem. I could have done it. Yeah. But they wanted me to do it unethically, and I just wasn't having it. Like, oh, really? Yeah. He would, the, the guy that hired me, he was like, because it was an automation company. I know nothing about automation. I told them that when they hired yeah. me. I said, I know nothing about this. Um, if you hire me, I will like to be trained myself. Here's what I want to get out of this internship. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, I'm not yeah. just here, you know, I'll do anything for you guys. Like, no, I want to learn how to do this, this, and that when I'm here. And I'll try to give what I know to you guys, which is social media, marketing, stuff like that. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> when I started working for them, he wanted me to produce articles really quickly and I told them I can't do that because I don't know what you want me to write about. Yeah. I need a day to research it because I was only there for like two to three hours. Yeah, yeah. I was not like, too long to do much. Unless you want to pay me when I get home. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not 19, 20, 21 anymore. Like yeah. my time is valuable. I'm learning about other things. I don't, if you want me to study this at home, pay me for it. If not, what this is what I can give you while I'm here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I'm not asking you to learn about it. I'm asking you to go onto the internet, copy other people's work, Oh. Put it onto our website because we just need something. And I'm like, I'm not copying their stuff. He's like, it doesn't matter. Just change a couple of words. And just wherever you find the information, put it all together and put it on our website. He's like, it's all the same stuff. And I'm like, that's fine, but. That's called I, plagiarism. Yeah, and I was like, for one, that's plagiarism, too. And I was like, I'm not about to get in trouble for this. And he's like, well, you won't get in trouble and fall on me. And I was like, well. I physically do not feel right doing this. Like I physically can't copy somebody else's work and paste it onto the, like that was my entire job. So I was just like, I quit. I quit. I can't. How long did you last there? A day? Three weeks. (laughs) Oh wow. Three weeks, three and a half weeks maybe. Oh shit. So it felt like forever, but I was just like, I love the job. I just could not, I just, I never thought that I would ever be in a position where I would be like, you guys really want me to plagiarize this stuff. And I even sat them down, my bosses, and I was like, look what I did. I copied all the stuff. I put it into a plagiarized website, and the whole entire thing is plagiarized. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, there's a thing for that? I'm like, yeah. 
Yeah, isn't it like a oh my god, I used to use that in college. They used to make you use that in college. I forgot the I forgot the site now. Shit. I can't even remember. I can't either, remember the site, but I know what you're talking about. It's called um Turn It In. Yes. Turn yes, it in. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So High I, school and college use that in. Yeah, my teachers use that on me sometimes yeah. too. Did you did you play Rise? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Not that I can remember. But um I'm all for like paraphrasing and learning other people's website, but I'm not. And I told them multiple times, I'm not copying and pasting somebody else's work. Like you can do that yourself. And if that's going to be my whole job, then I quit. Yeah. So I quit. Oh, and then, then what happened? And then I was like, you know what? I secured a job. I'm moving away for two years from my family, whom I'm really close with. How'd you secure that job? And what job is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hello. (laughs) Might want to give us those details a little bit. (laughs) So I started applying for jobs in October. Mm -hmm. So that I could get a job after graduation in December of 2019. Gotcha. So I actually know September I started applying, September, October. Yeah. And I applied for MMJ positions, reporter mm-hmm. positions, anchor positions in smaller markets. And I, man, it was a long process. Yeah, I bet. It was so long. And so, I don't know, it was just a lot. Like you're constantly, inter- people are interviewing you. You're mm-hmm. sending out your resume. A lot of phone call interviews or did you go yeah. to any place? So they start off all with emails saying, yeah. hey, I liked your stuff. Ask me a couple of questions. Can we set up a phone interview? Set up phone interviews, a lot of them. And then some of them didn't even want me to go out there. They were just oh. like, so what do you think? I'm like, oh. Well, oh. Can you tell us some of the places that you were uh, applying uh, to? Yeah. You- so I applied to all of them. Okay. I applied to everywhere from like top 50 markets all the way to like 150. Okay. So all markets in 100 span yeah whatever so places like vermont called me in maryland and some places in indiana iowa okay uh, i applied everywhere cold places cold places <laughs> but that's what i wanted i didn't want to go to bakersfield or arizona because i wanted to go somewhere that was going to challenge me in as many ways as possible mm-hmm. and those places just aren't it yeah. you know like it's just not much different than here yeah, yeah and i've lived here my whole life like i wanted to go somewhere different and just learn other things that, that other journalists go through, you know? It's kind of like you're going to college away for college now, finally. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's a, it's a interesting. Yeah. It's like, you didn't live at college, I'm guessing. You commuted, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's totally... Like, I, I commuted to college my first and last year. I lived at the college, which wasn't far away, but it's a totally different experience. Yep. So it's going to be a different experience for you when you move out to... Iowa. Yes. <laughs> so what happened with Iowa was I actually didn't want to go there at all. Okay. He was one of the, one of the, they were one of the places that called me. And as after my first phone call, they were like, so what do you think? I'm just like, well, you know, this is the <laughs> biggest decision of my life so far. I need time. And they were very persistent. They called me every day and emailed me and just were like, you know, we really want you out here. What do you think? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to book a flight out there so that I can secure this job. Yeah. It wasn't the job that I wanted. I wanted an anchor job in Indiana where they wanted me to be the weekend anchor and producer and yeah. kind of be the boss of the other reporters. That's the job that I really wanted. Um, also one in Vermont I really wanted because it just seemed like the best place to be. What it was, was so the cool. job in Vermont? It was an MMJ reporter oh, position. Okay, cool. But everyone from like Canada watched the station. So Oh, really? And, but since it's not included in the market here in America, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's a smaller market, but so many people watch the station. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that'd be really cool, you know, to get a, a large, yeah. Yeah, a, lot, a larger audience. So I was like, okay, that sounds great. But anyways, I booked the flight to Iowa just in case, yeah. kind of like a backup. 
And after I kept talking to news directors and applying and looking at places, my date to coming, my date to going out to Iowa was coming up closer and closer. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm just going to have to go. Like, because yeah. I haven't found anything that I loved. I went out there and I just loved it. I fell in love with it. What did you like about Iowa so far? Well, for one, I love the station itself. Mm-hmm. I love the news director. Yeah. He's very strict and he knows exactly what he wants. He, he has a clear vision of, you know, who he wants on his team. He has a clear vision of what they represent as a new station, mm-hmm. which was refreshing coming from a station that kind of just was always all over the place. Yeah. And since the two years I was there, I just never felt like they had the time to let everyone know what page they were on. So mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I love this. He knows what he wants. He's persistent. Everyone at the station loved it. And it just felt right. But the place itself was just so cool. Yeah. Like, it's 15 minutes away from South Dakota, oh, which wow. is where I drove. We drove into South Dakota. And okay. it's 15 minutes away from um, the Nebraska. No, wait, hold Nebraska? on. Nebraska? No. It's, yeah, I think it's, so it's, it's, um, so confusing. So there's Sioux City, Iowa, which yeah. is where I'm going. And then there's... How close is that to De- De- Des Moines? Des Moines, yeah. I don't know. I forgot. Oh, okay. I'm like too busy looking at how far away it is from like a Kansas City Chiefs game <laughs> and from like a Twins game and stuff, so, which is four hours, by the way, to both. <laughs> but um, so it's an hour and a half. It's an hour 15 from Omaha, Nebraska. That's okay. where the biggest air um, airport is. But where I'm at, it's 15 minutes away from South Dakota. It's 15 minutes from... I think it's, I don't remember. Anyways, it's it's just so yeah. cool. Like you get to see three different states all in one. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to live in South Dakota and just commute to work in Iowa? Well, South Dakota is beautiful. It's only 15 minutes and they have this place called like the Dakota Dunes, mm-hmm. which is like really beautiful and, and fancy and just so nice. Like the houses are like the ones you see on the movies. I mean, yeah. growing up from here in Vegas, no one has a backyard out here. You oh, know yeah, what definitely. I mean? Like, and no one has a basement either. So, yeah. that's an, I mean, I think I met one person who has a basement, yeah. to be honest. So, and all the houses look the same. Yeah. Whereas out there, it's like, oh, these are nice. You yeah, know? Like, you can get a house for like $50,000 and it's like five acres or something. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. You get some land. Yeah, that's what get- I was saying. <laughs> you get land. And then while you're out there, like, you get to see seasons. Like, yeah. I saw different color trees. Oh, wow. You don't see that Congratulations. Much here. Yeah, I know. I, I saw that my whole life. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I saw that hey. for 23 years of my life in Jersey. Well, <laughs> you're lucky, okay? Yeah. I didn't see much out here but rocks. I don't know. I love it out here. I, I love, love it too. I love seeing, like, one of the things I love when I first moved out here was seeing the mountains around me. And I felt like I was in a bubble. And I was like, I'm in my own world. And it's like the coolest oh. thing ever. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, no, Las Vegas is, like, the best place to live, Yeah, I think. But I also think if you've been in one place your entire life, it's so cool when you go somewhere else and you're like, oh, yeah, whoa, definitely. there's grass everywhere. <laughs> this place is not in a drought, you know? So it was fun. It was a fun experience. So when do you move? I move the 1st of January 2020. So oh, in exactly, like, one month, I'm going to be driving out there. With driving? My- I got to take my car. Oh, well, that's true. You do. Yeah. I got to take my car and I'll be taking my cat mm-hmm. and whatever stuff I have. And then I start on the 6th of January. 20th. My first day as a TV news reporter. Which I'm so excited for. That's awesome. Yeah. Very exciting. Like, so how many days did you plan? Like, is it going to take you all 
four it's days? It's like 20 hours 20 away. Hours. So you're going to drive straight through or are you going to stop a little bit? I think I'm going to stop just because I feel like the weather will not permit me to go all the way. That's true. It is January. Yeah, it'll hopefully, be January. So yeah, hopefully there's no snow or any crazy weather. And also yeah. you're going to Iowa, which is one of the craziest battleground states too in a political year. Yeah. Well, so that's very exciting. Yeah. Stuff. That's the other thing is I've never, I've always liked politics, but yeah. I never knew too much about it. Mm-hmm. That's why I take some courses at school so I can learn more about it and all that yeah. and be, just be a better overall journalist, you know? But when I go there the next month, I think they're going to have the caucus in February. Oh, shit. So, so I'll be brand new. Brand new and brand new to the pol- political game. To the, yep, to everything. Throwing, throwing you to the wolves yeah, right there. I'm so excited. Like, I, I, I couldn't have gone at a better time. I'm excited for you, to be oh, honest. Yeah, thanks. So, um... What is one of the things you're, are you nervous at all? Or do you feel a little nervous? I know you're excited, but there's probably that in the back of your mind, you're probably a little nervous. I are think you? all my nerves are dead inside. Like oh. everything is just dead inside. I've been like so ready to just do this already. You're that amped. I'm just, okay, let's just do it. Let me do it already. You know, I'm right. not even nervous. I'm not, you know, I'm just not nervous. I'm just you ready. Your first day outfit picked out already. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not that type of person. I know I'm going to wake up and be like, all right, what am I wearing today? Just throw on something. What shifts? Do you know what shifts are yet? Or um... Um, I think I'll be working the day side. Okay, cool. Day side when I start. So like 9.30 to 6.30. I mean, I have been shopping though for winter coats, mm-hmm. snow boots. Yep, glasses, all have, that stuff. I don't have any of that. Oh boy. Nothing. Uh, I'm going to start all over. Good luck. <laughs> I know. It's going to be crazy. You know, the best time to shop for winter clothes is actually in the summer. Listen, I never understood that logic because I don't have money for the winter clothes in the summer. I'm just, I'm, I'm catching up. You know, okay? I, I think Old Navy, I bought a nice jacket from Old Navy. It was like 50% off and it was in the winter. So check out Old Navy. Okay, I'm going to go there. Hey, I just, up. yeah, I don't get that because it's like, okay, listen, I barely have enough for summer clothes and you want yeah. me to save up for a winter stuff? Well, what? Where's I, the logic? I mean, I don't think there's any beaches or anything of that nature in Iowa that I know of. There's only a river. Yeah, so I don't think you'd be going to get any uh, summer clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, you're so. going to see me in a jacket for the next two years. Fur jacket and everything. Yeah, everything. Hello. I'm excited, though. Like, I've worked in a production for two years. Yeah. I did a lot in school. I did some internships. I did it since middle school, high school. And it's like, okay, can I just get a job already? Yeah. So you, know? you have a lot of experience, and, and I think the best experience has probably been the news working at that production spot for yeah. two years. That's been that's been really clutch. You know, yeah. seeing the expectations for the other reporters and the MMJs that has been everything. I mean, I've shadowed everyone there almost. Oh, really? Yeah, I've asked almost everyone five questions at least. Every freaking thing you can imagine. Who gave you the best advice at the station? And that's not like I'm not trying to be biased. They went at the station. I'm just curious, like... Oh, yeah, some some are just different. Like, some of my questions are very narrow, and it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, how do you do this? Yeah. You know, I'd ask the chief to photog, like, hey, like, what do you guys do to set up for this or whatever? But yeah. I would say my friend Miles Gwynn, I would go to his edit bay every single day mm-hmm. and just have a meltdown or event session or whatever, oh. just... Yeah, he would tell me everything about everything, whether it has to do with journalism, mm-hmm. TV itself, digital stuff, life stuff. Like, he's just set me up for success. So he's your mentor, you'd say. Yeah, he's the smartest freaking guy when it comes to just, you know when you have, like, that one uncle who just had been through it? Yeah. And you just, you know he's going to tell you or your grandpa or something? That's yeah. Miles. 
Like, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've been through. He's going to give you some advice. That's awesome. Yeah. So. I, I wish I talked to him more. He actually just left recently. I know. So. He's been there for like 20, some 30 years or whatever, right? Yeah, I know. And by the time we listen to this, he's gone for a few months. So, yeah, I wish I did talk to him more. So. But that's the thing I'm most thankful for about working in the station. It's yeah. not only getting to see how it worked, but all of the people there. Because everyone comes from a different background like you yourself. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is a journalist, you know? Yeah. Fully, I would say. So there's something you can learn from everyone wherever you go, but there, there was just so many different kind of people. Yeah, I've learned a lot so far, especially like uh, coming back the second time. I feel like I've, I've been more opened about a lot of things, and I feel like I've grown a lot more since yeah. since I've been back almost a year, actually over a year now as when this episode hits. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, it's, why did you leave the first time you were? Uh, I was over it and also a friend... Um, gave me an opportunity to work somewhere else where it was a better paying job. So that's why I left. And I mean, to be honest too, uh, you know, working that 10-1 thing all day um, and having an, uh, when I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time, you know, that just kind of hit home in a sense. And it just like, I didn't like seeing the, you know, dead bodies and all that shit, hard news every day. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't deal with it anymore. And I think that also like kind of, you know, just made me want to like leave and like yeah. get out of there. And also I didn't really appreciate as much. And then when you're gone, like there's a bug. I shit you not like I had a bug in me. I'm like, I kind of want to go back to the news. Mm-hmm. I don't want to come back. I want to go back. It's a drug. Yeah, it really is. And I really like, I felt like there was unfinished business. Like at that weirdly enough, like not really the phrase to use, but like I felt like there's unfinished business of me going back and, you know, doing better and giving my all and more to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, Funny enough, like I was actually talking to Fox before I went back to 13 and I kind of said no to Fox because I kind I liked the people at 13. I liked working for the chief photog and I liked working with everyone else who was there and I didn't miss that. I, I, I kind of didn't want to start at another place. So yeah. that's why I went back to 13 and I was lucky enough to go back. So yeah. that's funny that you said you didn't want to see all the hard news and stuff. Like after one October, I was like, oh yeah, this is for sure what I want to do. The guy would just... Not in a weird way, but it's yeah. just like... Well, I, I think also you're not really out in production. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, seeing it through my eyes, yep. I think maybe there's a... Like, maybe just it's different mindsets. of like, Yeah, you know different I mean? lenses too. Because, yeah. like, you guys got to see a lot of stuff that no one else got to see. Yeah, I saw someone's head come off like, yeah. this new time I've been here. It was really crazy. I was like, was, uh, do you remember... I think you were there when um, the woman drove on the wrong side of the road on the 93 and the UPS driver hit her and like the car kind of exploded. Were you there for that? Remember. It may not have been working maybe that day, but like this woman like was all over the place and they're like, yeah, don't zoom in or like, zoom, like don't get her body. Oh, and, I like, think so. I just zoomed in to see like the shit cause we weren't live and we we're waiting for like, a, I think um, a cut in and I just saw a head like, mm-hmm. like they lifted up the head. I'm like, well, that looks like a, Monster movie head, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I think one of the guys actually who was the um, the, the dude who takes the dead bodies. I told you, corner. Like, Thank you. I can't. Yeah. Do the name. Um, he actually turned green apparently and threw up. <gasps> no. Yeah. So that's, that's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Uh, yeah. It, she was all over the place. It was. Ugh. That's nasty. Was, we You'd have to have the away. stomach for that kind of stuff. Luckily enough, I don't usually have the stomach, but luckily enough, that day I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're like, I didn't eat that day, so I'm I, good. I probably didn't because I usually don't eat in the morning anyway. Yeah, so, so it worked out. So, yeah. It's just that there's some stuff that you really just have to have the stomach for because. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, you see shit in the mornings. You really yeah. do. I mean, I, I, I think mostly in the mornings you see the most shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw... That's a, why it's more of a fiction. Yeah. It sounds bad, but it's true. You're right. <laughs> I mean, I did like working night side, too. That was fun. I did a few night side Saturday night shifts, and that was a fun time, too. But whatever. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So do you have any... Um, Let's wrap this up. Do you have any nuggets, info, like last mi- last sayings that you want to give? Advice. I would say I that think. not all news is fake news. I mean, at least they mm. don't have the intention to be that fake news. You mm. know, it's a platform for people who just love to tell stories yeah. and they want to interact with people and they want to inform and they want to do greater good and just, you know, on all different platforms, whether it's podcasting, you know, a YouTube channel or whatever it is on the news, on TV. It's just, you know, be more open-minded to the journalists of the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And funny story about that, real quick, kind of tangent, but like uh, <laughs> one time I went to go shoot, uh, you know, Wayne Newton's hands on the floor or whatever, and that Walk of Fame shit's the star. And mm-hmm. I met this guy, Richard. Never forget him because I actually am Facebook friends with him after this whole conversation. <laughs> we We talked for an hour about, fake news and we I told him like you can't really like say fake news to local media because local media is only knows only so much. Yeah. Like the CNNs, the MSNBCs, yes. all That's those a whole nother whole story. Nother story. But yeah. I think locally you can't look at it as fake news because like I said, if we go to a breaking news situation, we don't know anything yet. And people think that you do. Yeah. People always ask exactly. me stuff like that. It's like, oh why didn't you guys say this or say that? And it's like who told you that? Yeah. You know, like know just yet. because people have said that to you doesn't mean that it's true. It's, We're not going to just say it's stuff. Telephone, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a misconception of. What it is. And you, and you bring up a very good point about it. So yeah. So that's yeah, my that's little <laughs> story. But thank you again, by the way, for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having you. me. Yes. It was a pleasure. What is your social medias, by the way, if anyone want to follow okay, you? Okay. My Instagram is Lydia Vasquez TV. So L Y D I A V A Z Q U E Z T. And then my Twitter, I think, it's Lydia Vasquez. Okay, easy. Very simple. (laughs) Yeah. So, guys, uh, thank you again for listening, and thank you, Lydia, for being on the podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. We are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Also, again, we have that Patreon page if you want to be a part of that. I got great plans in the future of this cast, and I can only do it with the love and support of my hashtag, Frame Chasers. As you know, that is the hashtag of this podcast. And remember... I mentioned this a handful of times, and we are still working on the shirts. I'm going to do that next month. So that should be hopefully soon. So I will start having shirts. Hopefully we'll start selling them maybe soon in the future. Still working. Well, ah, screw it. I'm still working on it, guys. I'll figure it out when it does. But okay, guys, thank you again, and have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. And I'll catch you next Wednesday on Chasing the Frame. Peace.